grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God which engages us is the gospel lesson read previously, the parable of the wedding banquet. Thus far the text. Dear friends in Christ, it was called the wedding of the century, and it took place on July 29, 1981. Now, for those of you who are old enough to remember, you probably know that I am referring to none other than the wedding of Prince Charles to Lady Diana Spencer. And what a wedding it was. That day was declared a national holiday throughout all of Great Britain. Cheering crowds lined the streets of London as an estimated 3,500 people crowded into St. Paul's Cathedral in order to take part in that wedding service. And that wedding service was televised and was viewed by an estimated 750 million people in 74 countries around the world. It was indeed the wedding of the century. But as grand and spectacular as that wedding was, our Old Testament lesson and our Gospel lesson for today describe a wedding banquet that would make even the wedding of Prince Charles and Lady Diana pale by comparison. It is none other than the eternal heavenly wedding banquet that God our Father is preparing for His Son, Jesus Christ, and for His Son's bride, the church. And by the grace of God, you and I are not only invited to this wedding banquet, but we will be right there participating in that wedding banquet. Let's take a little closer look at this parable and see what we might learn about this wedding banquet. First of all, notice the patience and the long-suffering of the king. Even though his first invitation to come to the banquet was summarily rejected, which would be an insult to the king, nonetheless, he sends his messengers out a second time with the same invitation to come to the banquet. Our gracious God, symbolized by the king in this parable, wants nothing more than to have his wedding banquet filled with all those who are invited. And we also must observe that his invitation can be ignored. It can be rejected. And sadly it was by so many throughout the Old Testament, even some of his own chosen people, who not only ignored the invitation and rejected it, but treated the messengers God's prophets, whom he sent to invite people to his banquet shamefully and killed so many of them. Ignoring and rejecting that invitation actually continued also in the time that Christ walked this earth, inviting people to his own wedding banquet. And ignoring and rejecting that invitation even continues today with approximately two-thirds of the world's people ignoring and rejecting the king's invitation. For you see, there is only one way into that wedding banquet, 
and that's knowing the bridegroom, Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father. And not just knowing of the bridegroom and of the Son, but knowing and seeing the Son with the eyes of faith, trusting and believing that his blood shed for you on the cross is payment in full for all of your sin. Trusting and believing that just as he rose physically, bodily from the grave, so we too will rise physically, bodily from the grave. Rejecting Jesus Christ is rejecting the invitation of the Father to that wedding banquet. As Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. In addition to all of those who either ignored or rejected that invitation of the king, there are others who try to get into the wedding banquet through some other means than knowing the son. They are symbolized by the guest in that parable who was there in the wedding banquet without the proper wedding garment. Now in Bible times, Whenever someone rich like this king would throw a wedding banquet, it was expected that you would come there dressed in your best clothes, your best celebratory outfits. And there also were reports in Bible times that when somebody wealthy like this king threw a wedding banquet, he actually would provide a very nice wedding garment for you to wear to that wedding banquet. The guest in the parable rejected that garment altogether, thinking that his own clothes were suitable enough. Well, in Jesus' day, there were plenty of people, the Pharisees included, who thought that the garment of their own self-righteousness, their own good works, their own good conduct, their own good life, that garment was good enough to get into the wedding banquet. And there are many people today who feel likewise, that the garment of their own self-righteousness will do. But elsewhere in the book of Isaiah, the garment of our own self-righteousness is described as filthy rags in the sight of God. It simply won't do. And notice in the parable, that although this king is very patient and long-suffering, there does come a point where his righteous anger kicks in and moves him to action. Against those who ignored and rejected his gracious invitation, the king sends his troops, destroys them and their city, a reference to the ultimate judgment to come. And of those who try to get into the wedding banquet through other means... He sends his servants and tells them to bind that man and cast him into outer darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. Again, a reference to the ultimate judgment. With all of this in mind, may God preserve us all from any sense of entitlement when it comes to this banquet, as if we deserved an invitation to this banquet, May he preserve us all from taking for granted our invitation to this banquet 
and not realizing how incredible that invitation is. And may he guard us from any thought of trying to show up at that banquet dressed in the robe of our own self-righteousness. Incredible indeed is our invitation to that banquet. Did you notice in the parable that after the king's invitation is rejected a second time, he tells his servants to go out into the highways and the byways and invite anyone and everyone they find, the good and the bad. That includes the Gentiles. That includes you and me. And just like the king in the parable, our gracious God provides our wedding garment for us to attend that banquet. It's in our baptism that our own robe of self-righteousness, that robe of filthy rags, is covered with another garment, the clean, pure, pristine garment of the righteousness of Christ. For through faith in Jesus Christ as our Savior, His righteousness is credited to us. It's what the Father sees right now when He looks at us, In a way, we're already wearing our wedding garment, just waiting for the celebration to begin. And what a celebration it will be. Did you notice the lavish language that Isaiah uses in the Old Testament to describe that banquet? A feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine. The point is that for this banquet, God is pulling out all the stops. He is sparing nothing, sparing no cost, and giving us the best of the best for the celebration of the marriage of his son with his son's bride, the church. And when that banquet begins, God is going to be doing some consuming as well. Isaiah says that he will swallow up death at the point that banquet begins. Now to be sure, The ultimate power over death, over us that death had, has already been defeated by Christ's life and death and resurrection. But unfortunately, we still live with the experience of death in our lives. It still takes our loved ones and our family members from us, just for a while. But on that last day, when that banquet begins, God will bring death to an end. And Isaiah also writes that when that banquet begins, God will wipe tears from all faces. Those tears symbolizing the pain and the anguish and the suffering in this world. We can't imagine an existence like that without death any longer, without pain or anguish or suffering what a wedding banquet it's going to be. But until that day, we are in a rather interesting situation. We are those who have been invited and will be attending that wedding banquet. But as the church, we are also still the servants of the king. We are those going out into the highways and the byways and inviting anyone and everyone we see to come and join in that banquet with us. Even while our Heavenly Father provides for us frequently 
a foretaste of that banquet right here, where he once again spares no cost, pulls out all the stops, gives us only the best of the best, the body and blood of his son, and the forgiveness of all of our sin. So sure and certain is that banquet on the last day that God tells us in the Old Testament lesson exactly what we are going to say. Namely, this is the Lord. We have waited for him. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. And we will eternally in the royal wedding banquet to come. Amen. Now may God grant all of us that peace which passes all understanding through faith in his Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. We now stand and confess the Christian faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible. 